0: 127 left, wait, Runway three, four, left. Three, four, left. Line up and wait. Welcome to the
1: Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement.
0: It's time for a brand new edition of the Retirement Pilot the twenty twenty first, kicking off the beginning of the year a whole enchilada kind of thing Mark Killian here once again with Steve Hoover Steve how are you buddy Doing great thanks and Did you have yourself a uh, a good holiday and a, a good ringing in of the new year
1: Oh always always <laughs> always enjoy this time of year Well good good that anything I'm glad exciting
0: it's over. <laughs> There you go I'm with you on that one So nothing too exciting kind of keeping it uh, somewhat low key very low key. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I think that's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, I think we all have those moments where we want to go out and maybe go. I, you know, I watch the like the New Year's Eve stuff and I just think, man, there is no way I would stand there and like can't time even Square. stay up that late. Yeah. Well, that too. But I just like, like, because once you get in there early enough, like you can't get out. You're there for oh, a no. while. You're stuck. Like you can't even get out to go to the restroom. You're nah. trapped in there for hours. So I always, I don't know. I think maybe even when you're, because I you see people when you're watching that and you see a lot of, obviously younger folks, but you, you'll see some folks in there in their forties And I'm thinking there, I mean, I'm 48. There's no way in the world. I stand out there and, you know, for you. seven or eight hours at a stretch. But anyway, we hope you guys had a, a fantastic ringing in of the new year. And uh, thanks for tuning into the retirement pilot. As always, we talk about investing finance and retirement with Steve. He's a financial coach at wealth partners corporation in Kansas city area. Uh, Make sure you check us out online at wealthpartnerskc.com. That is wealthpartnerskc.com. And subscribe to said podcast at Spotify or Google or uh, Apple Podcasts, a lot of different places you can find it. And uh, there's also ways for you to share that with folks who might benefit from it as well. We'd certainly appreciate it. All right, my friend. So let's jump into our topic this week. I just want to talk about the ins and the outs of mutual funds. Uh, Mutual funds have long been a very popular way for people to invest in, but eh, it's an ever-changing landscape like a lot of things. So if you had to guess, just give me a ballpark, Steve, what percentage of your clients probably own mutual funds in one form or fashion or another when they first come in to see you? Look, when you first sit down with somebody. 95%. Mm 95? Yeah, pretty heavy then. Okay. Yes. Uh, So if you, then thinking about that, explain if you would just kind of some of the expense ratios and things that we find in mutual funds and why it's in, you know what they are and kind of why it's important and how it can affect your your structuring of a retirement plan
1: well fees are very important uh, when it comes to especially mutual funds okay some mutual funds are really good at maintaining fees low some are not very good at all but there's this notion that I bought a no load mutual fund. So I didn't have to pay anything to get into it. I don't have to pay anything to get out of it. There's no commissions or anything, Okay, but there are fees that are, are associated with those mutual funds. And you have to be aware of what those fees are. There's one fee called a management fee. And that's basically the fee that the mutual fund company charges you to manage your money. I mean, that, that helps keep the lights on at the, right, at the mutual free, fund company, right. keeping people paid and things of that nature. But there's one other fee that they don't have to disclose, by the way. They disclose that expense ratio, okay. but there's one that they don't. You have to say this very slowly. It's called the bid-ask spread. And basically what that hmm. means is whenever a mutual fund buys or sells a stock, there is a commission between right. the broker and the portfolio manager. Somebody's paying for that trade. And that somebody is the fund holder, you, me, whoever owns a mutual fund, is paying that. Now, it can be as little as half a one penny per share in that spread, but you have to understand some of these managers are trading millions and millions of shares a day and buying and selling. So what you need to understand is when you look at your mutual funds, you have to look at what's called the turnover ratio. And that tells you how much trading is going on. If there's a lot of trading going on in that, you can equate a lot of fees that are coming out uh, of that account. And you won't see them. I mean, they're hidden within the price of the shares that you're buying. Right, right. So you have to be very cognizant of that. And when we run reports, we can run reports that will tell you what the fund is doing. Some funds do a great job of it. Vanguard funds have very little because they're usually an index fund. Um, American funds doesn't do a lot of trading, excessive trading, but there are some that do. I did, I read one and about one in the Wall Street Journal. It was 500% turnover. That means they bought and sold the portfolios five times. And that equated to about a 5% fee that the person's paying of all those expenses. They didn't see it on their statement. They just saw it in their return because that, that's where they take it out. So it's very, very important you understand what kind of fees are being charged to you. And it's just not the upfront load fee or the commission that some might charge you. It's the ongoing uh, expenses.
0: Okay. All right. So let's circle back around real fast because you mentioned the no load. So uh, a lot of us have heard these terms, a front loaded, uh, mutual fund, a back loaded. And of course, you, you talked about the no loaded. So what is this, those differences there?
1: Okay, a loaded fund basically means uh, that's called an A-share, and you basically pay a commission up front depending upon how much you put in. So let's just make it simple. Let's say that you invest $25,000 in an A-share. The commission that's going to be paid is 5.75%. So when you get your statement, you will see that your account is not $25,000. It's 25000 minus 5.75%, and that's where your investment starts. Now, when you do that, the annual expense or the expense ratio is significantly lower. It's not very high. So, over time, you will pay less in fees on those loaded funds. On the front loaded ones? On the front loaded Okay, gotcha. The back loaded funds are what are, really aren't as many and aren't really used as much as they used to be, but they're called B shares. And B share said, okay, you can buy this mutual fund. You put $25,000 in, $25,000 is going to work for you. But the ongoing management fee or expense ratio is much, much higher than the A share expense ratio. Okay, gotcha. But if you get out of that mutual fund within three or four years, you're going to pay a commission. It's called backloaded. So you might pay 3% to get out or 4%, depending upon what funds you get. But if you hold it longer than six years, then there is no load or commission to get out of it. So that's why they call it backloaded. It's backloaded because if you sell it within six years, you're going to get hit with a fee. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Then the last one is called a no load. And that is a fund where you, quote, don't pay anything to get into it. You don't pay anything to get out of it. So there's no commissions up front or on the back end. Some no load mutual funds have higher expense ratios going on. That's where they're
0: going to make the money on,
1: right? They they have to make money on it, Um, some way, somehow. There is going to be some type of maybe a little higher expense, but that's basically what a no-load is. Okay.
0: All right. So just to kind of break those out for us since we were talking about that. So keeping in with the theme here, the ins and outs of mutual funds, and that's what we're kind of discussing and sharing a few things here for you to think about uh, here in the beginning of the new year. What are some of the tax issues um, that mutual funds can create? Can you give us a few of those uh, pointers?
1: Yeah. Now, we have to talk about mutual funds that are not inside a retirement account. Okay. Not inside a variable annuity, not inside a um, IRA, 403B, 401K, whatever. We're talking about just a mutual fund that you bought with after-tax money. Okay? That's what we call a non-IRA account. You need to be very, very cognizant of the capital gains that can be distributed to you by law, the mutual fund company has to distribute the capital gains, which is the, you know, which are the profits of the fund to the fund holders every single year. So what happens is, this is what, how it works. The mutual fund manager on most mutual funds is buying and selling throughout the year. They may buy stock A and make $10. They may buy stock B and lose $5. So in essence, you've made $5 in that fund. And all they basically do is add up all the gains subtract any of the losses that they have. And if there's a positive at the end of the year, they're going to distribute those gains to you, the shareholder, with whatever ratio that you own of that fund. And in certain years, that can be real ugly because your value of your portfolio could actually be down in value, but you get a tax bill at the end of the year. And people do not like that (laughs) when they go, wait a minute, I lost $30,000 in my portfolio but I've got a tax bill over here for capital gains of 40,000. What happened? My account's not 40,000 higher. It's because of all those accumulated gains they took during the year and the losses didn't offset them. So you've got to be really careful about certain mutual funds. And that kind of goes back to what we talked about before, which is the turnover ratio. If you have a lot of turnover ratio, that's probably going to equate to a lot of capital gains taxes and you're going to have to pay on those funds at the end of the year. And by the way, you don't know what those are going to be until about eh, late October, November, when it's too late to do anything.
0: Well, that's always good.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, when you choice, So that's why going back and looking and running a report and seeing what you own, you need to look and see what that expense ratio is because that'll give you an idea because typically those turnover ratio is pretty consistent. I've I've seen it where the portfolio manager averages about 300% a year, 300% a year. And that equates to very high capital gains rates.
0: Okay, all right. So, I mean, really a lot of great information here on the podcast with Steve here on the Retirement Pilot, talking about the ins and outs of mutual funds. So, a lot of little things to think about, definitely some tax issues that can be created by there. So, you want to make sure you're having the discussions with your financial advisor. Uh, hopefully, you picked up a couple of useful information, nuggets there of uh, things about front-loaded and back-loaded, uh, no-load, um, and just, you know, the expense ratios and the things that we covered in that that hidden one that Steve was telling us about. Was at the BAS Uh, I believe was what that was. So a lot of interesting stuff in there. Now, I started this off, Steve, by asking you about what percentage uh, of clients when they first come in to chat with you typically have mutual funds. And you said about 95%. So my final question to wrap this up is, uh, how often do you, if at all, do you incorporate mutual funds into your client's portfolio? So once you've switched them over and you're working with them, you're helping them out, do you still use mutual funds if the vehicle is right or have they kind of been fading away?
1: I would say... Partially fading away, okay. using more and more exchange traded funds, which are similar to mutual funds, but I still use mutual funds in the, in the right situation. It has to fit the particular situation for the client. and uh, But I do still use some mutual funds as well, but am going slowly towards more exchange traded funds due to the fact that you do have some controls on fees and potential capital gains.
0: Yeah, I was, and I was asking because we hear a lot of things out there that uh, there's conversations about mutual funds being eliminated, so on and so forth, because maybe they're antiquated and yada yada yada. And so, like any financial vehicle, I think there's probably a a right fit or a right time for it. But again, it's not just it, just, it shouldn't just be a catch all anymore. You you have to make sure it's the right vehicle for you.
1: It is, and and one of the ways that there are some people who who like their portfolio manager to. I don't subscribe to this, but some people do, uh, to try to time the market, to, sure, yeah. to try to see into the future. And some mutual funds do just that. And some clients, that's what they want. And that's what they'll go for. My philosophy is nobody can tell the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's all just a guess. Yeah. But I don't think mutual funds quote are going to go away. I do think they're going to be structured a little bit differently. They're going to be, the the fees are already starting to be cut on them significantly. So I think at some point they're going to just be to a point where they're just not profitable enough for the fund companies to utilize And I think they're going to switch closer to the exchange-traded fund markets. Gotcha.
0: Okay. All right. Well, great show. Great information here with Steve Hoover, as always. And so uh, we're going to finish off with an email question, Steve, to wrap up this podcast that we got uh, during the holiday break. uh, (laughs) This cracks me up. They they didn't have a name attached to it. They just signed it confused. <laughs> no, very nice. Uh, but if you'd like to send in your own email questions to the show or just to Steve in general, just go to wealthpartnerskc.com. That is wealthpartnerskc.com. You can always just call Steve as well if you have some questions. Uh, again, we talk in generality. So if you've got a specific question, make sure you get specific advice from a financial coach like Steve Hoover. 913 685 3207. 913 685 All right, confused. If you happen to catch this podcast, uh, here is your question. It says, I'm a little overwhelmed, Steve, by how many accounts we have. We've moved around to a lot of different jobs. I think between my wife and I, we have six different 401Ks, three IRAs, two Roth IRAs, two small pensions, a 403B, and then some individual stocks and whatnot. It's getting hard to manage, and I'm not even sure, uh, you, you know, what we have invested in all those accounts, like what they're invested in. Uh, how much do you think we can consolidate, and how will all of that work? Wow.
1: Wow, they got a lot. They have traveled around. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the one thing. There's a fallacy out there that people say, well, I own X amount of mutual funds or I've got three or four 401ks, et cetera, and I'm diversified. Right, exactly. That's not diversification. More than likely, Um, it's probably all large cap, right? It's probably all large cap because that's usually what everybody goes to. Right. Um, big companies, you know, big company stocks. And what happens is, is if you have that many accounts, there's no coordination of what you're owning. And I find this all the time when I do yeah. um, reports for people. They have seven or eight different mutual funds and they go, "Oh, I'm well diversified. I got seven or eight. Well, then once you go in and do the analysis on them, you find out that every single one of those mutual funds owns yeah. Apple.
0: Yeah, you got Microsoft owns like seven times. Facebook
1: yeah. or Exxon. They own the same thing. And then what happens is you get overloaded into one particular area. And if that particular area gets hit with a bad market, then your whole portfolio can just go away and there's no coordination. So, yeah, they would benefit greatly by consolidating, especially the 401Ks. And, uh, you know, maybe some of the IRAs and and so on so that they know exactly what they own and how much so that they can now really put together a potential income plan of what they've uh, put together. The other part is, especially with 401ks, if they're just sitting at another company and you don't work there anymore, you definitely need to move it. And here's why. One, you don't have an awful lot of options. Most 401ks don't have a lot of options. Some can be good, some can be bad. But if you move it over to an IRA, you have any and everything you want to put it into, any mutual fund, stock, bond, annuity, exchange traded funds, real estate investment trust, cash, CD, whatever you want, you can put it in there. If it's stuck in the 401k, you don't have that luxury. The other part is you're not contributing to that 401k anymore and if it goes down in value, you're going to have to hope for the market to bring it back up in value. You're not putting more money in and essentially buying low. So it's always a good idea to get those out, get them into an IRA, and then you can start to coordinate how they're invested with everything else you own.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I'm glad that they're asking the question and hopefully you can start to pull some of those together. And that's the advantage of working with an advisor. You know, based on kind of how I'm reading this, it's getting hard to manage, so on and so forth. It sounds as though maybe Confused has been doing this on their own and sounds to me like, you know, now working with an advisor is really going to help kind of bring this together. We talked on a prior podcast about having a collection of stuff and that's really Mm -hmm. kind of what this is to me. Where, you know, just you think down, of all
1: the paperwork. Yeah, you're that's what get I was thinking. i was like, it's and even if you even if you go paperless and you go online, think of all the emails you're going to get with all this stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're probably going to be in pretty good shape when you pull this all together and look at it, but it's just a matter of figuring out what they have. Uh, exactly. And so, uh, yeah. So, getting this consolidated, uh, how will it all work? Is the kind of the end question? Well, I think you know, getting with an advisor confused is going to help you. Let them kind of uh, do some of that heavy lifting and smooth things out for you. Wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, absolutely, because now you can get a clear picture of what you have. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, Confused, thank you so much for the question and I appreciate it and I'm sure there's a lot of other folks out there just like you so don't feel too bad. Don't feel too confused. Uh, You did actually uh, one of the best things you can do and that's ask the questions and then ask for a little bit of help and guidance. So I tell you what, reach out to Steve, get on the calendar, have a conversation with him or anybody else that's listening. If you have questions and concerns, Steve does offer this complimentary retirement edge process. He's got more than 20 years of uh, experience in the financial services industry. So, you know, reach out, have a conversation, let him talk to you about what's going on specifically with your situation. Call him at 913-685-3207. It's 913-685-3207 and have a chat. Get on the calendar. Come and see him in Overland Park there. That's where his office is at in Kansas City. Uh, or just to get a you know conversation going on the phone because as we mentioned on a prior show, uh, he has clients all over the country so he can certainly give you a hand as well. And as always, make sure you subscribe to the show if you found us online. Great. Share this with others who might benefit. You can find it and share it at Wealth Partners KC. Dot com That is WealthPartnersKC.com on the podcast page. Whether you're using Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever other platform of choice, we certainly would appreciate you sharing the Retirement Pilot. And as always, we appreciate your time tuning in to this podcast. Steve, my friend, thanks so much. Have a great week and uh, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds great, Mark. Thanks. We'll see you next time. And don't forget to send those email questions in to WealthPartnersKC.com. And we'll see you here on the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover.